0: listening to Vet Candy. Welcome, welcome to our show, 21 Questions with Dr. Jill. And I'm Dr. Jill Lopez. It all started when Dr. Mira was eight years old. Ever since then, she was surrounded by dogs. Her first dog was her first best friend and partner in crime. As most of us know and can relate, the passing of her first furry friend was very traumatic to her and it took her a while to be ready for a new pet. But this fueled her desire to become a veterinarian, to do her best to take care of every pet she comes across and not have any pet owner go through what she went through. Pets are her passion, and she believes that the love we get from them is different than any other kind of love. I'm so excited to introduce you today. A cool that, and she is in Lebanon. So, this is our first official international 21 questions. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mira. Thank you, Jim. I'm so excited to talk to you. You're our first international guest for our 21 questions. So I'm so excited. So you're in Lebanon, right? Yes, I am. You know, I think everything's so different. Actually, I did speak to someone. She lived in the U.S. now, but she went to school in England, and we always have questions about the BSV. Do you guys have a DVM, or do you have the BSV, like the English, or how do you know that someone's a veterinarian? Where did you go to vet school? Let me start with that. So actually, I never did my
1: vet studies in Lebanon. What I did do are vet science that I did in AUB, in the American University of Beirut, which is only three years, which does not allow you to become a vet, just a vet tech or a vet assistant if you want. And then I continued my studies in Budapest, where I took my GVM, so my doctor in veterinary medicine. This is actually a six-year program because I had already done three years. It was reduced to four years and a half for me. Whereas in Lebanon, you actually get a DVM and it's also Uh six years. We only have one university which has Uh this program. But back Uh then, I didn't want to go into this university. And this is why I decided to go abroad and to continue my studies in Budapest uh, in Hungary.
0: So do you speak Hungarian? (laughs) How did you go to school in in Hungary? No, actually, I don't speak. I do understand a bit. Hungarian is such
1: a hard Uh language. I do understand Uh a bit. The reason why I went there is because there was a memorandum of understanding between the AUB, so my university here, and Uh St. Istvan, where you would do three years here and then only continue three years there. But then we hadn't taken, because I was the first generation to do this program, we didn't take all of the correct curriculum. So I had to Uh do stuff again from zero. And this is why it took four years and a half instead of three, like it was supposed Uh to take. And yeah, it was actually quite an interesting uh, adventure, to say the
0: least. (laughs) So you go to a country, you don't, you didn't speak the language, like, how did you get along? Like, what languages were the classes taught? So
1: they were taught. So you have three programs, either English, German or Hungarian. So I obviously took them in English and okay. it was quite tough to say the least. It was hard. It was a country. Not only did I not understand or speak the language, but also it was very cold and I'm
0: used to a kind of <laughs> warm weather here. So you had to get a bunch of like you had to get like some warm clothes before you went to vet school. Yeah,
1: like a lot of warm clothes. And I got like some health issues because of how cold it was. But then, you know, you toughen up. It was quite hard being alone. But this is where you learn how to go after your dreams and to be persistent and to be mindful and to have your goal in insight for you to be always like this is why I'm doing this it's hard but I need to become a vet and this is a very good opportunity it's a very good university the level is very high so having the goal in mind is what kept me going throughout those years because it was quite intense
0: okay I can imagine I can imagine so you lived in that town you had it you started eating Hungarian probably Hungarian goulash did you have Hungarian goulash I did yeah So do you still have like a soft spot for it? Does it remind you of the old days in vet school? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, kind
1: of. We do like it there. And I was supposed to travel again in 2020 with my husband back to Budapest so that he can see where I went. I wanted to see my old house, but we couldn't. COVID hit. Yeah,
0: COVID hit and ruined it. Nope, you're staying in Lebanon. No one's going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw during COVID, you had a baby, right? I just had a baby, actually. Just had a baby. Well, congratulations. Did you have a boy or girl? Thank you so much. Boy. Oh, do you want him to become a veterinarian too and take over your
1: practice? I want him to become whatever he feels like becoming, but (laughs) I do want him to love animals as much as me and my husband loves animals. And I'm pretty sure he will. Because we have cats at home, we have strays that we take care of under the building, in our mountains. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure he's going to learn compassion and like uh-huh. loving animals just by looking at how we treat animals. And this is very important
0: for me. Yeah, me too. I have three kids. And that's one thing is like most important is they have to love animals and they have to treat them with respect. How do you manage three kids? Oh, I just ignore him and let him run wild. (laughs) I do. I gave up. I just like, they're in like nature school. They do whatever they want or whatever. I just, you know, we actually got a farm and we have goats and and, like sheep. And so I just throw them outside and let the goats raise them. (laughs) Let's play 21 questions. I'm so excited. The first question is embarrassing because the question is, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done?
1: Okay, so the first thing which pops into my mind was when I was still young, like last year of school, I I was wearing like this very nice dress and I was running with my backpack on my back. And I ran, I think, for five minutes before I realized that my dress was completely upside down and like you could see everything. (laughs) Like you could see everything. So the only thing that I did is like put it back down, look down the floor and
0: then continue walking that's pretty bad that's pretty bad oh my gosh in vet school okay so were there a lot of your classmates around and they're like oh my gosh there's mira i don't want to know who saw what they saw and that's it (laughs) okay okay cool um next question is what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done me and my husband we were sitting on a saturday night we
1: felt like going somewhere we just packed and went to a hotel where we had done our uh, wedding so we just went there it was like an hour and a half drive but we just loved this place so much that we decided to go and then they didn't end up having any rooms available for us so it was a nice getaway kind of just going there we then had dinner there and
0: came back home oh i was going i thought you were gonna say you all like camped out on the side of the road no because we couldn't because the hotel where it was there is no place for us to stay Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Oh, well, too bad. Too bad there wasn't a place. So cool. Do they have Airbnb in Lebanon? Yeah, they do. They do? Oh. Next question is, what's your biggest regret? My
1: biggest regret is not standing up to myself as much as I should back then and not having enough confidence in myself. So I always used to feel that I was not good enough and this affected me a lot. If I think now back, I'm like, I should have trusted myself more. I should have trusted my gut more, whether it be it with people around me that I knew were not that good of people to be in my life or with my own adventures. So for example, in Budapest, it was quite hard and I kind of Felt not confident enough throughout my years. And then when I'm when I finished and I finished with very high distinct, uh, distinction and I did like four years instead of six, I should have trusted myself and my gut more.
0: Here we call that imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, you never know. It's nice talking to someone from another country because you almost feel like is it when you have it. And you don't know what the name of it is. You think it's just you. And then you find out that there's a name for it. And then you find out everybody has it. But then I guess everybody has it. Like all of us have it. So I remember being in practice the first time I had a patient, I felt like, i was gonna run out the door i was just gonna if i had sand to bury my head in i would have buried my head in the sand i didn't know what i was doing my boss was busy so everyone else was gone and it was like me this door to see these clients and i felt like i didn't belong there i felt like i was not worthy to, <laughs> to see this dog with diarrhea and and that's interesting so you had those those same feelings i think we all go through yeah. it it just depends how much you let it affect
1: you and how you handle it. I handled Mm -hmm. it pretty badly because I was alone. And because the Mm -hmm. thing is, in Lebanon, we live in a very cocoon family. And so you stay with your parents until you're married and Mm -hmm. you don't leave their house. So it's pretty cocoonish. And uh, Mm -hmm. so when I went there and I was all alone, it was very harsh on me. Plus the imposter syndrome. So Mm -hmm. everything was a bit harsh. So I kind of had anxiety built up throughout those years. But then I learned how to manage it. And now it's all good. I still have it some days. I'm sure everyone yeah. still has it some days on their bad days. But I do agree with you that I do follow some very, very good surgeons, vets. And I and everyone talks about this. At one point in their post, on their Insta, everyone is like,
0: I've had this imposter syndrome. I felt I couldn't handle this client. So, Yeah. That's funny because I do see people, people I know that are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. They're board certified surgeons and then they talk about it and I'm like, wow, (laughs) that makes me not even have it anymore because I thought if they have it, why do I have it? You know, do you think it's more prevalent in women than it is in men or maybe women are more likely to talk about it? I think women are a bit more emotional,
1: so we do let these feelings get the best of us more personally. And I think like we do talk about it more because guys do not like admitting that they are having it maybe. Not all guys and not all women, of course, but I do believe that it's more prevalent in women because we do talk about it more and we are more emotional.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true because I do see when I see people talking about it, it does seem like there's more women talking about it. I've had it my whole career. I had a different career. I didn't go to practice. I did different things. And I would have to tell myself, like, wake up. <laughs> you're, you're not an imposter. You know, I had to do that. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad people were talking about it. So it's, it's nice to know that I'm, we're not alone. Oh, 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 this is so good. Before we go to the next question, let's take a break and listen to our sponsors. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for $0 to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch, just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS app store today. Next question is, what is your dream day like? Like if you could go anywhere, unlimited budget and spend 24 hours, where would you go? Who would you take? And what would you do? I guess it's not really about the destination. It's
1: rather whom I would be with. So I would want my family to be with me and I simply would want to go have some nice lunch at a restaurant that I like. So there's a very good restaurant I like in Lebanon, for example, we could go have lunch there and then spend some time with our pets or some animals, then do some activities with the family and then simply have a picnic or a camp around the fire at night. So simple stuff make a big Part of my happiness now. So before I wanted to travel and go visit this country and this country. Now it's basically just with my close circle, simple happiness. And I think this
0: would really make my day. So what do you mean? Did it it change because of the pandemic or did it change because you became a mom? I think it's both. By the way, I used to be a
1: workaholic. I used to work like crazy and I always used to want to push and push and give more until the pandemic hit and it forced me to slow down. And I realized that I've been craving this calmness a bit, this just having some me time, some alone time. And this is where I learned that I need to have a work-life balance, which I never knew I should have. So this was a wake-up call for me. And now that I had my baby, I feel that Nothing in life is worth you stressing over and you worrying about. The only thing you should worry about, in my opinion, is health for yourself and for your family. And that's That's it. Everything else will be solved in one way or another. And this is coming from someone who has a bit of overthinking and worries a bit too much. Actually, it's funny when we went out from the hospital because I had quite a harsh delivery. And everything was fine and the baby was fine and I was fine and we were able to, we were discharged while we were coming back. I told my husband that I feel like everything that I stressed on before is so insignificant now and I shouldn't have given it so much importance. And now what matters is like my family, my baby,
0: you, and that's it. So it gives you good perspective. It does. It definitely does. That's true. I mean, I remember back in the day, I had like beautiful shoes. I had really pretty shoes. And now I have like, I'm going to VMX in, a, in like a couple of weeks and I have like one pair of shoes now. I, you know, all my other ones, I, of course, I grew out of them, but I, I don't even have the desire to get really nice shoes anymore. I just like have very, I'm just become very pragmatic. But I'll tell you, my kids have like plenty of shoes. They have plenty of shoes. And when you do have a kid, you start realizing things like that. So um, next question is, what do you wish you were really good at? So I did learn how to play the piano, but
1: I stopped it at a very young age. And I do wish I could play it very well or I could dance. So either dancing or playing the
0: piano. I've always wanted to become a dancer and I never got the chance It's not too late. You can take lessons through Zoom. You don't have to leave your home. And even with piano, you can take piano lessons too. That could be your 2023 um, goals to do dancing and piano. Yeah. (laughs) Next question is, you know, being a veterinarian, you see some crazy stuff, right? So what's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever seen? You know, something really gross something
1: really gross. I think all vets will agree that when you have a dog who comes in full of ticks and worms, I personally uh, hate that. So I, I can handle poop. I can handle pee. I can handle diarrhea. I cannot uh, handle worms. I actually had it several times, but once it was so severe that I almost fainted and I had to call a colleague uh, of mine to come and uh, handle it because it was so bad and it was uh, so infested
0: that I couldn't handle it. So worms uh, are my enemy along with sticks uh. yeah those are gross I remember um I worked in practice before I, I was a veterinarian but I was working in a practice and we always had dogs coming in with just covered in ticks but there was something you so satisfying about picking well we put stuff on them too but you know picking those ticks off I loved it I don't know why and I know there's always that person in a practice that has that jar of ticks and they're like oh ticks and they add it to their tick jar and stuff but yeah I could see that like Are you talking about like roundworms and just coming out, like spilling out? And you feel bad for the dog or the cat and you want to help. And at the same time, you're all nauseous. So, yeah. Thank God for rubber gloves. So um, did you guys go through the same thing we did in the United States during the pandemic? Everybody went crazy, and they they were so lonely that they went out and adopted pets. Um, they were adopting dogs, cats, even guinea pigs were adopted. And this was like the highest pet-owning generation since the beginning of time. Did that happen in Lebanon? I don't know, actually. I do work closely with some shelters, and no one really
1: said that a lot of people did get some pets. But what I do know is that, sadly, what happened is once COVID hit, in the beginning, you know, no one really understood if you could get it from your pet, if you can transmit it to your pet and all of this. So I remember there was one national television which was broadcasting about this. And they did say that, yeah, you could give it to your pet. And so it's this transmissible. So people understood that you could get it from your pet. And so many people, unfortunately, let go of their pets on the street. Uh And we had a huge issue because of that. And we had to talk to to our syndicate. And we did a lot of advertising concerning this and telling people this is not true. You're not going to get it from your pet. You will infect your pet, not vice versa. Yeah, they should let the people loose in the street. Keep the dogs in the house, let the people on the street. (laughs) So it was pretty sad seeing like senior dogs and senior cats being left on the street just because of a misinformation, which was wrongly Mm -hmm. told by a national TV. And it made a huge debate and all animal activists were talking about it. And we had a campaign with the syndicate and everyone worked together to make sure that everyone understands
0: exactly what's going on. Oh, good, good. I'm glad that was cleared up. It was sort of a a little weird here, but then it, all of a sudden, I guess everyone was so lonely, they started adopting them. Now the problem is that people are returning them and they had dogs that weren't socialized. So the dogs are going crazy. So if you have a dog that was born in 2020 to now, they're usually like so wacky and they have severe anxiety issues. So... They're returning them. I was even reading that the New York Animal Control, which is the largest animal shelter probably in the US, they've had hundreds of guinea pigs returned to them, hundreds, and they're all two years old. It's sort of, I guess, balancing out, I guess, but it was just strange. Like we started having all these animals. You couldn't get the animals into the vets because the vets were over, and they're still overwhelmed. Did you guys get overwhelmed too? Did you have curbside visits? Like what happened? So we did get overwhelmed because a lot of vets were
1: not opening because everyone was scared in the beginning. So we were kind of forced to open and because we were considered health wise that we needed to attend to our pets. So I remember I used to go alone to my clinic. My assistant did not used to come. You were not allowed to leave the house for like two, three weeks. Everyone was on lockdown. And so only doctors, vets, healthcare professionals were allowed. And it was quite tiring because you used to do, I used to do everything alone in the clinic and attend the sick animals and do everything. So yeah, it was a bit harsh, but at least we saved a lot of animals doing that because quite a lot of them got sick pretty badly and it was okay at the end.
0: They're still backed up. Like everyone, you know, during COVID, we actually had a kitten and one time she had really bad diarrhea. Another time she she's epileptic, so she started seizing, and I couldn't find anyone that would see her. I mean, I finally had to. I saw someone on Facebook that I begged <laughs> to see her because you know I was like, we have to at least put her to sleep. I and mean, no one was taking new clients. They still a lot of them aren't. It was just they were so backed up. It was it was awful. And I know they're still backed up here trying to recover. Yeah, and I know even like the specialists, um, we were talking with um, Dr. Craig Clifford on our last podcast, and he was saying, you know, he does oncology. You know, they were so backed up that it may have been two years before you'd see a patient, and that patient would not be around, right? I mean, it's not going to make it, so they they did some strange scheduling things to be able to fit in he said they fit in 11 day week within 7 days but that's also
1: putting a lot of stress on the vets and on the yeah. healthcare professional a
0: lot and you you see that and you hear about that on social media they're they're so stressed out so hopefully something gets better so okay okay let me stop you here let's take a break and go to our sponsors <laughs> We'll be right back with more vet candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the Desk Winch. You know the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. Okay, next question. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? I'd actually
1: want to be like a combination of three animals maybe. I'd want to be a horse because of how majestic they are and how noble and elegant I feel they are. I'd want to be a dog because of how loyal and happy they are. And a cat because of how independent and smart they are in their own way. And this only like cat parents are going to understand this because cats can seem as if they don't care about you, whereas they care so much and they love you so much, but in their own way, And I only discovered that when I became a cat mama myself. So in the beginning, I used to love them. I never had any issue with cats, but I never thought that you could get this attached to cats and how smart they are.
0: Oh, they're so smart. They're so smart. Our our cat, she has epilepsy um, and now she's on medication. She's doing great, but oh my gosh, she's so smart. And she acts like she's aloof, but she's not like she's, you'll always find her at night when we're sleeping. She'll always find someone and go into bed with them. But she acts like she's all cool. And she's like, she doesn't need us humans, but she does. And if we go away for a little bit, You know, we come back, she's so excited. Then she sees that she's excited and she acts like she doesn't care, but they do care. They do care. They just don't want you to know. Yeah. Cat games. (laughs) Okay. so next question is, what's the last show that you binge watched? Uh, I actually just finished Emily in Paris. And I love this
1: show. It's so light and nice and just what I needed because I had just given birth. And, you know, so you're sleep deprived. You're having the baby blues. You feel down. You're you're all over the place. And then you watch something so light. Have you seen all three seasons? Yeah. I had already seen the first two. I went and I finished the third one now.
0: Okay, and so Meredith, the boss, just had her baby, and um, oh, I'm so embarrassed, because they make, they really make fun of Americans being so obnoxious, because she goes in to have the baby, and she said, it was so big, like, because we have big babies in America, and she was saying it was like 10 pounds, so they had to keep her for observation, they couldn't believe that a human passed something, and it's like, everybody has big 10-pound babies here, you know, (laughs) we do. As long as they're healthy, yes. Yeah, so she made a big baby and stuff. And the whole time I was looking at her fake belly and I was like, they could have done a better job with that belly. It didn't look real, you know? What did you think about Emily's clothes?
1: So I I always used to wonder, that's not logical. There's no way that someone would dress up like that on a night out or during the day. But I do like how they dress them up because I don't know why anyone is gonna dress
0: up like this. But I love the clothing though. Yes, I know. And I always like, when Mindy is on the is on the screen, she steals away everything. I love her. She needs her own show. The things she wears, like she wore the sexy flight attendant outfit to a movie in the park. <laughs> She's amazing and so talented. She's yeah. amazing, and her character and her
1: personality, she dominates the scene when she's there. Like yeah. her, her attitude, her personality, her confidence, her body language, her clothes, as you hey. said. So she's amazing, I agree.
0: Yeah. So do you think Emily should end up with Gabrielle?
1: Yeah. Uh, for those of you who still did not finish the season, you better <laughs> skip what I'm going to say now. But as long as they figure out what they're going to do with the baby... Oh, Camille's baby, yeah. Then yeah. I think they should be together, and I'm pretty sure they will. They've been in love since the beginning, and they, they are nice together. They fit yeah. together,
0: so they should. The thought of Camille and Gabrielle was like, they look like the perfect couple, and then you pick it apart, and you can see that they're not, you know? They're definitely not so yeah I can't wait till the fourth season but oh my god if, if uh, Camille's mother didn't already hate Emily with every cellular level she <laughs> really hates her after she ruined that wedding because that uh, she was so excited about the marriage so oh and then I heard Alfie um, the guy who plays Alfie the English um, boyfriend former boyfriend because he broke up with her he's in the running for the next James Bond movie really? He's good looking. Yeah, yeah. Next question. What's the weirdest dream you've ever had?
1: I remember once, you know, when you're young, you have all of these weird dreams because of something which is very stupid, which happened with you. So I remember once, I don't know, I had a fight or something at school. And then the second day, I dreamed that we were at home and then there was a dragon attacking us and throwing flames at us. And my dad went down and he was fighting him. And then the dragon burned my dad and we had to put his body in the kitchen under our table. I don't know why. So to kind of bury him, we just buried him under the table in our kitchen. That's very strange. (laughs) still haunts me till today. And I, when I was older, I went to a psychologist and it turned out because I was feeling so insecure and my dad was protecting me because something that big happened. I needed my dad to protect me. And then when I lost him, I kind of wanted him close. This is why we buried him in the kitchen.
0: That's interesting. Did you ever have a dream where you were still in vet school or you were taking an exam and you were late? Did you ever have that dream?
1: I still have these dreams till today. Whenever I feel stressed, it's either I see myself back in school, sitting for an exam that I didn't study well for, Or I dream that I'm going to school without shoes on. And I think this is a common dream that a lot of people also have or without clothes on and you feel so exposed and so vulnerable.
0: Yeah, most everybody I've spoken with when I ask about dreams, most vets um, and veterinary technicians and things have had those dreams. So they're they're taking that exam and they're not ready for it or they're late or, or something. So yeah.
1: A wake up call for us as vets to start advocating that we work on the mental health of students and we don't stress vets and vet technicians and vet nurses that much. Because if everyone is having these dreams, then they are affecting us a lot and the stress is causing some issues. So maybe we should start seeing. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of ways where we can improve the curriculum and how things are taught back at school. And I really hope that one day we will be able to allow students to learn without having all of this stress on them. And if you fail, you're not going to be good and all of that.
0: Yeah, they've done a lot of studies in the United States. They did a, the only study they did for students was in 2011 at Kansas State. They compared veterinary students' mental health with human doctors' students' mental health, and they found that veterinarians were more you know, stressed out and had mental health issues and depression, then the doctors and the doctors are known to have a lot of depression in school. And they said the worst year is your first year. That was more than 10 years ago, they really need to look at that and look at it on a global level. But I can tell you, as you get older, you have less and less dreams. But I have haven't had one for a long time. But I have one like once a year. But I used to have them all the time. I had them when I was in vet school in vet school. And I would wake up and I thought it really happened. I thought, Oh, my God, I have to repeat hate that school. But it was just a dream. Next question is, what's on your bucket list? Like, what are the things you really, really want to do? I
1: started doing a bucket list five, six years ago. And then I totally forgot about it. And just last week, I bumped into it again. And I was so happy seeing that I ticked so many of them off my list. So Now on my bucket list, I want to finish, so I'm taking a certificate to become a vet nutritionist because we don't have that anywhere, neither in Lebanon nor in the Middle East, as far as I know, because I tried to find someone who's a vet and a nutritionist and I couldn't find. I still have one more semester, hopefully, and I will have my postgraduate certificate in animal nutrition which I'm very excited for. So it's my first year with my baby. I want to make sure that I give him as much time as he needs. And I will want to take on another course of nutrition as well. So for the coming year, these are my big goals. So finish this semester, take on two other courses that I want to take,
0: and then just spend as much time as I can with my baby. Okay, great. So I'm so excited. This is so much fun. So let's take a short break here and listen to some messages from our sponsor. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy.
1: Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms.
0: Do you get to bring your bit? I mean, since you own your own practice, do you have like a little baby nursery for him at work? Not yet, but eventually he's going
1: to come with me and he's going to stay okay. with me. And because I have my own clinic, so I will put my own clients according to my time, his time, and I want him to be exposed to all sorts of cats, dogs, and all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, are you breastfeeding him now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you have to pump and leave it at home? Uh, So far, I'm still not going back to practice. So once I go
1: back to practice, because I should be back within two weeks, approximately. Okay. Once I do go back in the beginning because he's still very young and it's very cold here in Lebanon so it's better that I don't take him out in the beginning. So yeah, I will pump for him and then my mom or my mother-in-law will give him the bottle and then I'm gonna come back
0: Okay, okay. That's a big issue that we have in the United States too, is trying you know trying to be- breastfeed while you're working, especially in a practice, and if you don't own the practice, you you know it's it's strange. So there are laws that protect us in some situations, but sometimes you have really crappy um, employers. So yeah, yeah. so um, next question is, uh, what's the biggest lesson you've ever learned?
1: I learned it actually quite recently that to trust my gut because I was working with someone for a couple of years and I always felt there's something which is off, but nothing ever happened. And then a couple of weeks back, something happened and I discovered that I should have trusted my gut and I was correct feeling that something is odd. So always trust your gut even if you don't feel, even if this person in front of you never did anything wrong. And Mm -hmm. is super sweet, super helpful. Trust your gut, time will show that you are right.
0: That's true, yeah, that's true. I think I've done that too, I like I've had funny feelings. I've talked to someone and she was having funny feelings and I'm like, trust your gut, trust your gut. That's true, yeah. Next question, what's your biggest guilty pleasure? Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking chocolate, yeah. What kind of chocolate do you like? All kinds of chocolate.
1: I like desserts. I like dark chocolate. I like milk chocolate, but I do like very nice, refined desserts. So these like uh, dark chocolate with orange and this mixture of acid with chocolate. I love it. So anything with chocolate, I have such a sweet tooth. I love it.
0: Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Have you ever had a chocolate souffle? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so but good. not in Lebanon though. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, what kind of chocolate dessert do you guys have in Lebanon? We kind of have a lot
1: of desserts. So, you have everything you have because we are such an open country. So, you have the french dessert you have the italian dessert you have everything that you would want Uh but for dessert for actual lebanese dessert they don't have chocolate so everything that we do does not have chocolate it's more sugar than chocolate and i don't know how to describe it but it's so good you have lewa you have namura all of these are actual arabic sweets but without chocolate Uh only sugar
0: Ah, well i mean i could deal with that too (laughs) Yes, yes. So, OK, cool. Then your last question. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? To be able
1: to read people's mind and then see exactly what they're thinking of. So I think this is also because of everything which has been going on for the past couple of weeks with me. So I would yeah, want to actually yeah. see through people and see through their intention exactly. Because I have so many friends also who have been manipulated by other people. So it would help mm-hmm. so many people. And I would tell them like, no, he's lying. Yes, he is correct. Don't lose this guy. He <laughs> he does really love you. You know, all of um, these tools, yeah. which with time. I think it would save all of us a lot of time and a lot of heartache as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, sometimes you just don't want to know what other people are thinking. But... I don't know. Maybe it'd be a curse and a blessing because you'd be like, just stop. <laughs> you'd have to go into a closet by yourself. Yeah. If you know everything, then it would be too overwhelming yeah. as well. Yeah. You have to turn it off and on. Or maybe you have a like five minutes a day where you could do it because it would probably drive you crazy. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's it for the 21 questions. So, So Dr. Mira, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, I found you on Instagram. Is that the place that people should go to? Yeah. So through my Instagram, which I launched a couple of years back
1: when I opened my own clinic, I love teaching pet parents and educating them and helping them with their own pets. Because, you know, there are so many uh, wrong information everywhere. So I love teaching them. And this is where I communicate. And this is where I met a lot of interesting people, actually, uh, through my Instagram Uh account.
0: Yeah, and me, you met me through your Instagram. Yeah,
1: I can't believe that we actually did 21 questions. I felt like it was 10, 12 maximum.
0: Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. Well, somebody who didn't even do the thing, I had to give it to her ahead of time. And I don't like to give it to you ahead of time because it's not spontaneous. She said they were really silly questions and she didn't like them. So, um, but everybody else loved them. Like everybody, everybody so far has loved them.
1: They are so out of the box. So I never expected these type of questions. And then I agree that it should be spontaneous. You shouldn't send them ahead of time because then you would think and you would want to think, what do they want to hear from me? Whereas now it's really spontaneous and you can actually see what the person is going through. And I'm pretty sure if we do these a year later, so if we sit down, me and you, Uh, one year from now, in 2020, let's do that. Maybe in 2024, let's do these questions again. I'm pretty sure the answers are going to be so different because so many of them are related to your daily day-to-day life and what you're going through and everything. So this is what's really nice about them. And I loved it, honestly.
0: Yeah. And and right now the world has, I mean, I still think we're still in COVID. I mean, it hasn't, we haven't gone back to normal all the way. So if I had asked you questions before COVID, they would have been awfully different too, right? I agree.
1: Yeah. I loved it, and I'm so glad we got to spend some time together. And my baby has been asleep for three hours. I can't believe that he didn't cry, he didn't wake up. That just shows (laughs) that your questions are pretty good. He was like, Mommy needs to
0: finish her. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take a break and go to our sponsors. (laughs) We'll be right back with more vet candy. Vet Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at MyVetCandy.com. So if you wanted to get in touch with Dr. Mira, um, it's Dr. Paul Leb l-e-b right dr d-r-p-a-w-l-e-b on instagram so thank you so much for being on the show today thank you jill it was lovely meeting you and i can't wait to talk to you again yeah yeah and next up on our show is dr debbie turner bell who is a 1990 miss america and veterinarian so we have got a lot of exciting people coming Beb Candy. Beb candy. candy. It's Beb Candy Radio.